Welcome to the Pretty Unfiltered Podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm a fashion designer turned stay-at-home mom, and I'm fascinated with our society's toxic norms, systems, and ideologies. On this podcast, we're going to have vulnerable conversations about how these systems have reduced us to just a body, profited off our insecurities, and perpetuated cycles of patriarchy and greed. We'll also hear from experts to get a holistic understanding of just how damaging these systems are and why we need to push for change. So from photo filters to gender roles and everything in between, no topic is off limits. Come with me as we pull back the curtain and challenge these everyday issues. It's time to get real with each other and start disrupting the societal constructs that don't serve us. It may not always be pretty, but it will definitely be unfiltered. Welcome back. Have you watched Bridgerton yet? I just finished watching the second season and I was waiting a little bit because I wasn't sure if I was watching it with my husband or if I was going to watch it by myself. I'm pretty sure we watched the first season together. So I was kind of waiting on him for this one. And then I got to a point where I was like, nope, you're taking too long. I'm going to watch this on my own. (laughs) But I love watching those period pieces, whether it's Bridgerton or Downton Abbey or um, Peaky Blinders. That one we do watch together. I would be in big trouble if I watched that without him. But I love getting a sneak peek back into these other times because it's so fascinating to me how people behaved and how they were socially. And then, of course, back then, there was even more of a contrast between how men and women were treated. And I just always think that that's so interesting. So as you've probably noticed by now, I've always been fascinated by gender norms But I will say that after becoming a mom and having a boy and girl of my own, for me, it became one of those things that once you see it, you can't unsee it. Do you know what I mean? And you definitely don't have to have kids to notice gender norms because they are all around and there are many of them that are pretty obvious, but maybe you can relate to that. And all of us have been receiving messages about gender since we were born. Who else remembers growing up being told that blue was a boy's color and pink was for girls or that dolls are for girls and trucks are for boys. I mean, now those examples are definitely some of the less serious ways this conditioning plays out, but they send a message loud and clear and they send it early, right? So if you think about it, we've pretty much been conditioned since birth to see gender as a binary with no room for overlap, no room for nuance, and No room for reinterpretation. So today I wanted to talk about gender as a social construct because I want to talk about gender norms. And you might feel this way too, but sometimes I think the term sex and gender can get a little bit confusing. And then sometimes they're kind of used interchangeably. So because the meaning of gender can be a little more expansive, I wanted to break this down really quickly before we get into the episode. Sex refers to biological traits, so think male, female, and intersex, which means that someone is born with both male and female genitalia. And gender is a little bit more ambiguous, but it's a social construct that shapes social norms and how we think about people's behaviors or characteristics based on their sex. 
So for instance, as a society, it's typically believed that men should be masculine, strong, and aggressive, and women are believed to be feminine, soft and submissive. I'm just going to touch on this briefly because I'd rather have an expert come in here and give a much more comprehensive explanation on this, but I will say I think another toxic trait we have here as a society is when we assume or expect that everyone's sex matches up with their gender expression, right? Because that idea invalidates and dismisses a lot of people like the queer, transgender, and third gender communities. And to me, everyone deserves to be seen and treated with kindness and equality. So in terms of gender as a social construct, I want to do a little bit more of a deep dive into how our society influences gender norms. And this is important to talk about for a few reasons. In the hierarchy of humanity, women have been seen as second to men for a long time. And because of this, women's opportunities have been vastly undercut. Now, this is starting to change more, even though we're nowhere near equality, but our society is built on the idea that a woman's place is in the home, that women were more qualified to do housework and to raise kids. Disclaimer, I am not knocking women who stay home. If you've been following along on this podcast, you know that I'm currently a stay-at-home mom, but the opportunity to do that was first and foremost a privilege, and it was a family choice, and ultimately, it was my choice to do that. So there's nothing wrong with staying home if that's what you want to do. I do have a problem with women being told that that is their place and that that's the only thing that they can and should be doing. But even though there are more women working outside the home than there used to be, we're still paid less than men. According to the U.S. Department of Labor, women earn 80% of what a man earns. And for BIPOC, that percentage goes down even more. Hispanic women earn 57 cents for every dollar a man makes, and black women earn only 64 cents for every dollar a man makes. Okay, this is a huge problem. And this also perpetuates a cycle where if one parent does want to stay home— Or let's say in the case of COVID, right, where they had to stay home because we didn't have childcare options, it's more likely that the woman's going to stay home because she's earning less, right? If you're going down to a one-income family, who's going to be the one to go home first, right? And this also means there are less women on top, right? Only 15% of CEOs of Fortune 500 companies are women. Again, huge problem meaning decisions that affect women, are being made by men. And how many times have we heard our friends or family members talk about going into an interview only to be asked who will be taking care of the kids if she were to be hired? I mean, I know for a fact, and I was just talking about this with a friend the other day, our husbands aren't being asked that same question. And speaking of a woman's work, right, Thanks to COVID, the concept of invisible labor has actually come more to the forefront. Thank God, right? Invisible labor is the unpaid, unrecognized work women automatically take on in the home and the workplace. The Seattle Times describes examples of this as cleaning or cooking or childcare and even things like planning office celebrations or being in charge of filling up the coffee pot at work. I mean, this is a real thing. Obviously, that's not news to us, but 
I've been talking about this for years, so it was really nice to have an actual term to describe it. And how many of us automatically take on extra things around the house? Example, and I hope you can relate to this, I don't think it occurs to most men that toilets need to be cleaned or that the kids need new clothes because they went through a growth spurt or that we need to grab a birthday gift for the party that we're going to this weekend. Women take on so many additional tasks automatically. And I think even if that's not a conscious thought, we've been conditioned to feel like those are our responsibility. So as progressive as our society is, or claims to be, we still have so much work to do when it comes to our attitudes around women and their place in the home and the workplace. Rigid gender norms also reinforce ideas that lead to inequality, violence against women, lack of access to education, and so many other things. Here, we do earn less than men, but what about in other countries where women aren't allowed to work at all? Or they can only work if they finish their household duties. Those women are much more likely to not get an education and then become trapped in cycles of poverty. And then once they're trapped in that cycle, it makes it easier for those women to be abused and exploited by this system that makes them completely reliant on men. Gender norms have deep roots, and women's opportunities depend on dismantling these ideas around gender norms. So let's look at attitudes towards masculinity and femininity. Women are seen as feminine, which would be emotional and soft and nurturing and submissive. The submissive label gets really dangerous for women. When we believe that women are and should be submissive, that puts them at a disadvantage in any situation with men. Think coercive control, violence against women, sexual harassment. Our messaging and attitudes towards gender norms have actual impact in real life. These aren't just silly words or ideas. Being emotional and nurturing aren't inherently bad traits. In fact, I think we'd all be better off if we could be a little more nurturing. But when it's used in the context of women in leadership, all of a sudden the connotation becomes negative, right? It's almost used as something to prevent her from rising to the top because, oh, women are hysterical and emotional and she's crying and that's ridiculous. So the inverse of that gender norm is that men have to be the opposite, right? They feel the need to display masculine traits. They need to be seen as strong, aggressive, powerful, and they better not show their emotions for fear of being too effeminate. But if men are not allowed to express their emotions, other than anger, of course, What are their options? Cue the toxic masculinity, right? These polarizing characteristics assigned to gender are inaccurate. I mean, do any of us really 100% align with these norms? Maybe. But at this point, I would question that because we've been socially conditioned for centuries to have these differences. And it's hard to go against social norms that have been ingrained in you for that long and ingrained in your parents and your grandparents and your great-grandparents, right? And it's especially hard to change those norms if they're stacked in your favor. Because comparatively, when it comes to gender norms, men have the upper hand. But I will say this is a social construct that hurts men as well. Actually, did you know that men are more likely to suffer from self-harm? There are several studies out there, but this one comes from the American Journal of Men's Health. And they talk about this link between masculinity and self-harm. They describe that men are less likely to seek help from mental health professionals. They are more likely to engage in risky behavior. So think street racing, right? Or excessive drinking. And they're also more likely to engage in self-harm. 
And all of this can be tied to gender norms where men have to assert power and are expected to be disconnected from their emotions. I mean, that is not a good thing for anyone. And the next thing I want to touch on quickly is gender norms around appearance. Is it crazy to you that women are expected to wear makeup, shave, and spend exorbitant amounts of time and money on their appearance while men aren't? Did you know that companies can even require female employees to wear makeup? I mean, that is absolute bullshit, in my humble opinion. But this is the world we live in, right? And then on the flip side, this affects things like men not wearing certain colors because they're worried that they'll appear too feminine or, you know, everyone going crazy because Harry Styles wants to wear a dress. Like, who cares? And the appearance thing is really funny to me, too, because if you look back, styles for men and women, one, used to be a little more similar, right? I mean, way back in the day, everyone was wearing robes, which, FYI, a robe is essentially a dress, (laughs) right? But everyone was wearing that. And then you fast forward to the 18th century, men were wearing makeup and wigs in court. And they even had shoes with little high heels. It's so infuriating to me that this sparks such a controversy because fashion and appearance and standards on that have changed throughout time. But regardless, I just, I don't think there should be any rules on that based on your gender. (laughs) So before we wrap up, I want to talk about how gender norms affect the non-binary community, right? If we have these rigid gender norms, where does that leave them? It's so much harder for non-binary individuals to be accepted and to be understood and to even be safe. And bullying is really vicious for this community. But the messages society sends if you don't neatly fit into the gender categories of male and female, I mean, it basically says that you don't exist or you don't matter. People's well-being is at stake. And acknowledging someone's existence, even if it's different from your own or different from the way that, that you grew up, different from the things that you learned, every human being deserves to know and feel like they exist and that they are seen and that they matter. So friends, that wraps it up for today. And if you liked today's episode, could you do me a favor and please share it with a friend? I would really, really appreciate it. So have a great week and I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If this resonated with you, join me in the movement as we shift our mindsets together. You can find more Pretty Unfiltered on social at the Pretty Unfiltered Podcast. I can't wait for our next chat, and I'll see you next time.